Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. We are live from Smash Studios at Hudson Yards here in New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. At this hour, the road to having a single, comprehensive, multiple listing service, or MLS, in New York City has far been long and arduous. Most major U.S. cities have had their own version since the 1970s, but for a host of reasons, size, sheer number of listings, and fierce competition for listings among brokerages, an MLS for New York City has never really gotten off the ground. We are going to discuss all of this with the head of the Hudson Gateway Association of Realtors, Richard Haggerty, and the chair of the board of managers for one key MLS, Leah Caro. Also at this hour, how important is it to achieve near perfection in real estate photography? Do photos sell a listing? Does it drive traffic to your listing? Do you need to declutter or stage first? Michael Weinstein, one of the leading real estate photographers here in New York City, is with us this morning, and we're going to talk all about that later in the show. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. Uh, I am Vince Rocco, and this is Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, after operating as sister companies for nearly two decades, the Corcoran Group and City Habitats are merging under the Corcoran banner for better uh, to better compete rather in an inter- increasingly cutthroat brokerage business. The deal announced last Tuesday will boost the company's standing as one of the biggest firms in New York City with a combined 2420 agents responsible for $7 billion in annual sales and 22,000 rental transactions per year. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, but Pam Liebman, who uh, is the chairman of Corcoran, will remain at the helm of the combined company. Gary Mallon, president of City Habitats, will stay on as COO of Corcoran, a position he actually took last November. In New York, the merger adds 747 agents from City Habitats to Corcoran's already 1,672, the brokerage which competes with Douglas Elliman for the distinction of being the largest in New York City based on size and deal volume. The combined company plans to close City Habitat offices in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, Greenwich Village, and the Upper East Side in Manhattan. In other news, Compass is laying off up to 40 employees across its IT, marketing, and M&A teams the company confirmed last week. Sources said the move, which is now taking place, is part of a broader reorganization as SoftBank, as the SoftBank, SoftBank-backed company consolidates roles that service the agents. The sources said Compass will uh, create a new team called the uh, Agent Experience Team to replace teams of employees who onboarded new agents, trained them on the Compass platform, and and staffed the IT help desk. The cuts are nationwide. Sources said jobs uh, will also be cut from Compass's M&A team since the residential brokerage firm isn't currently pursuing new deals. In recent years, Compass has grown through strategic acquisitions with firms like Pacific Union International in San Francisco, and Stribling and Associates here in Manhattan, and additionally opening new offices all over the nation. This week's cuts uh, end a period of massive growth for Compass, which in 2017 announced a plan to have 20% market share in 20 major U.S. cities by 2020. However, Compass's grow-at-all-cost approach has become a thing of the past. It's called a mark, uh, making a profit first. And interestingly, no cuts are being made in their engineering group. Hmm, Interesting. And finally, Kobe Bryant's death in a helicopter crash last Sunday triggered an outpouring of grief across the world with sports fans paying tribute to one of basketball's greatest ever talents. 
But one real estate agent saw the tragedy as an opportunity and posted an off-color remark on social media that has now led to her dismissal. Who's his realtor is what the agent posted in a Facebook group called Real Estate Mastermind just hours after Bryant, his teenage daughter, and seven others were killed when their helicopter crashed into a Calabasas hillside uh, outside of Los Angeles. According to Inman, a managing broker from the firm's Austin office posted an apology and promised that the issue would be dealt with. It was, and she was later fired with a spokesperson for the firm telling Inman that the firm does not condone or support behavior that does not match our core values. I mention this news item because this type of behavior is very wrong and it is part of the reason brokerages get a bad rap. So let's learn from this people. We have special guests with us today, starting with Richard Haggerty. He is the CEO of Hudson Gateway Association of Realtors and the president of New York MLS. He's been with us before. In New York City, a few real estate experts possess the leadership, market insight, and tech savvy of Richard uh, Haggerty, a 30-year industry veteran. He understands the people, places, and pulse of the residential market like no other. As CEO of one of the largest uh, realtor associations in the nation, he knows the rules and tools professionals need to succeed. He recognizes the value of staying on top of technology and industry trends, and his unique talent of distilling data into easily digestible bites makes him a sought-after speaker, panelist, and industry Mm -hmm. spokesperson. He is frequently tapped as an expert source in leading real estate media and by trade groups or his insight into market trends. He navigates uh, the ever-changing residential landscape and delivers essential professional what essential profession, essentials professionals need to stay focused, strategic, and on top of their game. Leah Caro is president and principal broker of Park Sterling Realty in Bronxville, New York, in Westchester here in New York. She has held every leadership position in her board of realtors, including president of the Realtor Association and president of the Multiple Listing Service. She is the chairperson of the Legislative Council of the Hudson Gateway Association of Realtors, a role for which she earned the uh, Albert Schatz Award for Legislative Advocacy. Leah is also chairperson of Hagar's Fair Housing and Cultural Diversity Committee. Currently, she is chair of the board of managers for One Key MLS. Guys, welcome and thanks for coming uh, to talk about this very important subject, I believe, here in New York City, which maybe hopefully you can help us address and help us understand how we can incorporate this type of technology into onto every agent's desktop. I'm a firm believer of it. Um, I come from the suburbs. I have friends and family in the suburbs all around the nation. And I, for one, uh, am sick and tired of disparate systems, systems that (coughs) don't talk to each other, paying $6 a day to Street Easy for a rental listing I can't deal with. I mean, on and on and on and on. We'll get into all of that in a moment. But is there an official New York City MLS service that New York real estate brokers use? Is it possible for New York City for sale by owner seller to pay a flat fee to uh, list their home as a for sale by owner on the New York City MLS. There is so much confusion on this topic as most regions of the country and even most counties in New York State are serviced by a local MLS, which is a shared uh, listing system database between cooperating real estate brokers, firms in any region or city. And MLS is traditionally owned and operated by a local realtor association. However, this is not the case for the New York City marketplace. Okay, so let's start with Richard. Let's explain why it is not supported by the local firms here in New York City as a whole, and then we'll get into you know one key and all the the uh, the good things that are coming out of uh, our attempts to try and get this done. 
first off, Vince, great to be back. Uh, thank you for inviting me. You know, it comes down to one word, change. Uh, you are all busy, active agents in the market. It is extremely difficult to do the job you're already doing, servicing the consumers in a very busy, hectic market. So when you factor in change, having to learn new ways of entering listings, new ways of doing business, that can be intimidating. But the challenge is the other entities that have stepped into that void, StreetEasy being the most notable. And they've basically taken advantage of the lack of an MLS, and they've become the de facto MLS in New York City. Yeah, that, that, that's very true. And, and we can go on and on. And, and, and Mr. Uh, Freely and Leasebreak.com, Phil Horrigan, is going to chime in in a bit over there with all of this. But let me ask you something about, you know, the the phenomenon of and uh, uh, you know, Trulia and Zillow and, and, and all these databases that do work in other regions, in other locales in this country. How or why did StreetEasy get to the position that they are today here in New York City? From my perspective, it's one source of data, one place to go for the, from, for the most accurate data, that's the perception of the public, and ease of use. So when you've got that kind of inventory on one site, the perception is that's where I've got to go from both the brokerage community as well as consumers. You know, but it's interesting because, you know, as you work for a firm, and I work for a big firm and, and several other of the agents here uh, with us today, and certainly all of my panel members, we all work for, for big firms, and we're all used to our, you know, I don't want to say proprietary systems, but I guess they are proprietary to our firms. However, they all interconnect to other firms, okay? We all have different names and, and who uses this or who uses that, but they basically, if I put a listing up, whether it's a rental or a sale, it does get propagated around, you know, the city. So one would ask, okay, playing devil's advocate, why isn't that good enough? Why it's not good enough is very simple from my perspective. If you look at the quality of the data from consumers who are looking for what they perceive to be the best quality data, they're not seeing it on any other consumer-facing website except for StreetEasy. What we're, we're trying to propose is, as you've already said, Vince, the MLS concept works in every other single part of the country. It works in every other single city in the country. And easy to use. Easy to use. And quite frankly, the firm that you are affiliated with, as well as the firm that a couple of other agents are affiliated with, all participate in our MLS. They participate in the suburbs. They participate in Long Island. They participate in the Hamptons. They mm -hmm. participate in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So if it works out there, why would it not work in New York City? And I think it would work in New York City, and that's why we're making this push. I 100% agree with you, and that's why you're here again, because I'm, I'm an advocate for it, and I think it needs to happen. But let me ask you something. You, you, you mentioned the word change, and I absolutely agree with you. Anything you introduce in the broker world as far as change is concerned, and they freak out. I mean, there are brokers who still don't even understand how to spell social media, let alone use social media. <laughs> for their mass marketing of their listings, et cetera. So let me ask you one other question. So aside from change, and based on what you just said about some of the large firms here in New York City already using MLS, is it a political situation, a political problem to agree with your other, you know, larger firms? Let's just use names, you know, Douglas Elliman, Halstead, Cochran, whatever. Is it a political thing for them not to get together here in New York City when they're already using it in the Hamptons, in Westchester, or in Connecticut, et cetera? So, I mean, we could be honest here. Just yeah, the, yes. the, the, just easy, the easy answer is yes. However, I would say it's also a question of fear. Uh, look, it does work around the entire metro fear region. Fear of change. Also fear of loss of control. 
I think that's even the bigger one with especially the larger firms. There is a lot of money in the other regions, suburban regions of New York, out in the Hamptons, certainly. Yeah. It is dwarfed by the market in New York City. If you look at the economies of scale, New York is where it is. And to a degree, it is a fear, I think, on the part of some brokers that they're going to lose that edge. They've done so well with the system they've had for decades uh, they fear that they're, they're going to lose that edge. And but they're losing look- that edge already. I'm just going to jump in here for a second. Yeah. There are that edge is that ship has sailed. They're losing their edge already because they're 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 a slave to Street Easy, and so there's got to be a way to take back the data. You know, you're giving up your data and then buying it back, um, which just makes no economic sense, at, you know, long term. And so I think the folks who are, to your point, scared. Um, you know, the old white shoe kind of companies that we have are um, are angry at the more progressive technologically based real estate companies who have bought into the new MLS and said, you know, I'm on board. And there are these holdouts who are saying, you know, we're not ready for that. Um, but, at the, you know, and I think it's it's narrow vision. And then it's just going to the, the eyeballs have already left their sites. The eyeballs are on street easy and then they have to either play ball or make or change. Hey, Vince, can I say something? Um, so the, the network effects of street easy and even Google and Facebook are almost insurmountable. Um, you know, Bing.com is a competitor to Google, for example, Bing.com works amazingly well and it's so easy to get to. You type in Bing.com and you do a search, but nobody uses it and it's free. Everyone goes to Google and street easy. Well, it's the same as Yahoo. It started basically years ago with Yahoo and then Bing was kind of talking right. about, I happen to know the developer who made zillions of dollars writing code for Bing right. and now you're Google. But Go I'm ahead. saying Bing spent literally billions of dollars yeah. to tr- on, in advertising to try to overcome this network yeah. effect and they couldn't do it. Street easy smartly, this is going back 15 years when they first started, 2006, I guess, not quite uh, 15. Um, they offered to have every single listing for free, mm-hmm. for free. So now look at what we're looking at. So we're trying to compete with that. So now they have every single listing for free and still it is free. Sure, they're charging for rentals, but still if you're an agent, you're gonna post your sales listing for free. Consumers are gonna search for free. The MLSs, most of them, I'm assuming one key as well, even Rebney, I mean, they're not an MLS, but they they have the RLS. They charge. It's five hundred dollars to get onto that platform. Yeah, no, essentially, I just wrote the check. right. So the the thing is that, in my opinion, we have to get going. Vince. Hold the thought. Yeah, We're yeah. coming back after this break. We're going to talk more mm-hmm. about what Phil is talking about. More about Street Easy. Definitely one key, uh, and the MLS in general. After these uh, messages, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We will be right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel 
every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and I just wanted to make one clarification. I said New York MLS, it's now called One Key, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Leah, let me bring you in on this. So give us an update on what One Key MLS, the New York Metro MLS system, is all about. Tell us how it became, where, when it started, and where we are today with that, and how we can hopefully propagate that through, you know, these busy firms out there who are resistant. Sure. Thanks, Vince. So this is, oh, three years in the making where uh, the Hudson Gateway Multiple Listing Service, which represents five counties in the Hudson Valley from Westchester up to Sullivan, up to the Catskill region, and the Long Island MLS, or MLS Long Island, which represents the Hamptons all the, the way Hamptons. Through, okay. all the way out through, through towards us through Queens, mm-hmm. decided that, you know, this is the largest metropolitan real estate market in the world, arguably, and that wouldn't it be a great way to kind of get that data all into one great fresh data source um, with with the best pieces of information and bring it to this large metro market. And consolidation of MLSs is is a trend. We're seeing it nationally for some time. So MLSLI and HGMLS got together, started this conversation three years ago uh, and have um, created what is now called One Key. We did a branding thing, so that's why it was New York MLS for a while. Anyway, One Key, which is about to launch, which will encompass this entire region from the Hamptons through the Catskills. 
going through New York City. And herein lies a bit of our problem uh, is that we've brought the solution. You know, I, I talked to a lot of realtors in the New York metro area, and they all have the same complaints, the ones that we've just touched on this morning. And so, you know, we're bringing the, the solution on a platter, and there's a lot of pushback, particularly from the larger firms. I think that, um, you know, there's some protection issues, not just fear. Uh, I think that it's disingenuous when they talk about wanting to help their consumers and you're yet not willing to participate in a platform that would bring the data to the consumers, even, I would argue, better than Zillow. And I get it. Zillow is a big monster. You know, you're, you're never going to get all those eyeballs away. Uh, but, but, but Leo, let me just interrupt for one yeah, minute. Sure. I, I agree with what you're saying. But, you know, as far as, you know, all of these firms are concerned, there is so much disparate data out there. And there are so many things that an agent or or listing, you know, administration, administration group within companies have to take care of. There is so much room for error. Well, that's why there's this so is the method to the madness or or, you know, whatever their their concern is. Why don't they see that? You know, I'm not sure there because this does bring the method to the madness. It brings uniformity of the data, certainly, and that's a and that's a struggle in New York because it is so disparate. Correct. Um, but the, but it, re, it you know warehouses the data, makes it uniform, and kind of spits it back out so in a way that everybody can read. Uh, everybody will be singing from the same hymnal. And I just don't get the, well, the pushback on that. One of the things too is that so Rebney is made up of members of managers at all of these big broker firms. And they have the RLS. So, the, you know, the way, so what most, does that do for me? Well, right. But I'm, I'm just saying that. So from their perspective, from their perspective, they're working on, you know, the, the MLS, let's call it, or the, the way that we're going to help, you know, push against, push back against Treatise. And I'm guessing guys that part of the, part of the issue is, and, and, and of course their agents are paying $500 a year and complaining about it. And so now I think the issue, you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, is that now another company's coming in saying, oh, we want to be the one and they're also charging. And so I think what's, happening is 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 it's just it like we talked about a little in break there's just a lot of politics involved there is you know? I mean, but the focus of one key mls is the broker agent who's uh, with the residential broker agent whose boots are on the ground everybody's sitting at this table who's leaving here who's got to do a pitch you know just up the block that are working that are not just the property owners who are not just the commercial realtor or commercial brokers. Let's talk about the politics a little bit, Phil, because you bring it up. And Richard, I was going to ask you this. So as far as Revney is concerned, the Real Estate Board of New York here in New York, and as far as lobbying in Albany, you know, we have a lot of problems with Albany these days with a lot of changes on the rent regulation changes, you know, uh, mansion tax increases, transfer tax, all this pied-a-terre nonsense that they're talking about. How involved are you guys with the folks in Albany, you know, the Department of State or whomever, to get this pushed through for the betterment, I say, of the brokerage firms here. Are you involved at all? or And how much, how much pushback are you getting from these people? We are extremely involved. And Leah is the chair of our legislative uh, committee. And we do a lot of lobbying in Albany, but I think from a slightly different perspective than Rebney. Uh, Rebney does an amazing job representing the building developers, the commercial players, and I think the challenge they had the last legislative session where we just got slaughtered. I mean, we truly – I am very fearful about the long-term effects of the rent, the changes they made to both uh, rent control as well as rent policy as well as the increase in the mansion tax. I mean, the list goes on and on. We all got lumped together with the, with the billionaire developers. And that's wrong. It's not fair. They are, I think, totally missing the picture on what this is going to do to the economy as a whole – 
in New York City as well as New York State. So we have a very different focus, quite frankly, and it is the residential agent and home buyers and sellers and renters and landlords. It's the bigger picture. So we really do try to make sure when we go to Albany, they understand we're representing the whole spectrum, but especially the, your average Joe you know, Schmo in the street. And I think that they get that to a degree, but it was, it was a horrible year last year. In terms of the politics of Rebney and RLS, they've had an opportunity to fix this for a lot of years, and they have not done so. Again, they've helped create this problem. We get some data feeds from RLS, and they are the pits, and that's being very polite. The data is crappy, and we have to go through a lot of hoops to try to fix the data. And that's something that should not happen. That should be fixed at the ground level when you enter the listing in for information in, in the whatever vehicle you're using. That's right. And they, they don't police it. And, and that's and, created the problem. And that's why I wanted to get back again to the political. And, you know, why are New York City firms adopting the RLS from Rebney over a unified MLS system? I mean, to me, the, the, the differences are clear. And I get the politics. I mean, we live in a world of politics, unfortunately, all around the, the spectrum. But, I mean, it's like what will it take to break that barrier? Right. And I don't think the cost issue that you've discussed is, is a good one, frankly, because um, – you know, the one key MLS costs are, are far less than the ones you're describing through Rebney um, and brings much more to the table. And I just think that, you know, for everybody, you guys are throwing money at Street Easy, you know, like you could take out your wallet and light it on fire. Okay. So why you would not sign on to something that actually is far more affordable than you might think, um, that brings you much better system of cooperation and compensation. You know, you can't dial onto Street Easy and find out, you know, what are you, what's the cooperating compensation for the broker on the street? I, I personally don't know how we get to a solution if it's not a free solution. I mean, I, I really think that to get every single... Like, I, I believe, I, I put an email out a couple of weeks ago, and I was kind of saying it to the RLS, like, please make these changes. And one of them is, like, every single apartment has to be in the RLS, every single apartment. Uh, and this, I would say the same thing about one key, which means that even if someone is not a Rebney member, but they're a licensed real estate broker, we should be doing what we can to get that listing in the RLS. We have, we're competing with StreetEasy. Mm -hmm. This is like a... This is a huge, huge issue. I mean, it's an existential threat to the industry. Um, you can't, we can't go back and say, hey, let's start, I don't think we should start an MLS from the beginning. Like we're, we are where we are. And even though most MLSs do charge to get listings in there, we can't do that. We're starting from a point where StreetEasy for free has every single listing in the city, more or less, for sales, not rentals. Rentals, they are getting killed because they're charging now. And well, so they lost. I was going to say, so as far as, you they know. They lost half their assist rentals, at least. Right. Not and more. so as far as, you know, a listing, integrity of listings or whatever, you know, a lot of rental listings are not going into the Street Easy database. So consumers out there aren't seeing those. Correct. So I just want to say. Because so agents don't want to pay or can't pay, you know, the monthly $6 per listing. Correct. So the business model day. of StreetEasy for a very long time was, I thought, a great one, which was let's be totally free, have the best data, 100% transparency. That's what they used to be. Yeah. They've destroyed that completely and utterly, especially on the rental side. So once they started charging for rentals, and now it's $6 a day for a rental, you see the results. I mean, I keep saying like they're destroying their long-term business for short-term profits. So the rental database now has, it's actually less than half of all the rental listings. They used, they used to have 32,000 listings. Now they have 11,000 rental listings yeah. just on the rental side. That is unbelievable. If you're a renter, you have to go to, to other places and they are losing traffic. 
they, they keep saying that they're getting more traffic per listing. That's true, but they have one third the listings. So of course, you know, but their overall traffic is going down on the rental side because But Phil, there's no such thing as free. You know, there's technology behind it. Some uh, right now, HGMLS, even before the merger, pays $170 per agent for the various vendors that we use to make the MLS a better tool for our members. There's no such thing as free. And what StreetEasy did is they scraped data for years and years. They scraped brokers' data from the broker sites. And brokers said, great, it's not you know, costing us anything. We're getting great marketing from StreetEasy. So what I, we knew at some point that day was going to come to an end because they were going to monetize it. But, but so my right, answer, right, we got a hard yeah. stop here. We're going to come back <laughs> after the break. Stand by. We're live from Smash Studios here in Hudson Yards in New York. We are live listening to Voice America Talk Radio Network. I am Vince Rocco. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Hey everybody, we are back for segment three. And also joining us today is Jordan Shave from uh, Douglas Elliman, Elise Ehrlich from Halstead, Phil Horrigan from leasebreak.com, Richard Haggerty and Michael Weinstein and Leah Carroll are here. We're going to talk quickly about fair housing and then we're going to talk about photography for a little bit. So Leah and Richard, you know, fair housing, give us a brief on 
what's happening these days out there in your world, what's happening, you know, in, in Albany with all this, what's an update on the fair housing situation that you guys are involved in and are working on? Well, I think we've all seen the big Newsday expose that broke a couple of months ago where they identified they did a three year investigation of primarily Long Island uh, realtors and found that um, though we all might uh, talk the talk, we're not all walking the walk. Precisely. And that, yeah, and that um, there was some pretty um, egregious behavior happening in the marketplace. Um, and everybody stood up and took notice. You know, in Albany, I haven't seen Albany react so quickly and so fiercely on, on a topic like this in decades. Um, so that expose broke, it revealed on camera, uh, and on voice, um, discrimination steering, you know, and we all, you know, realtors and agents working all around would say, I never do that. Um, and I think the bulk of us are yes, good, they do. but yeah, but those bad apples are absolutely out there. And I would say that the days of, you know, of trying to keep it and maintain neighborhoods, a certain type of person living them in them, we would all say, oh, that's, that doesn't happen anymore. And clearly it is happening. So as a result, Albany has has acted swiftly and has come out with some new regulations that would affect the industry about how they have to perform their duty. Agents would reform, uh, perform their duties in the fair housing arena. And we are all, all, all of us under a, a microscope like never before. You know, I teach at the New York Real Estate Institute um, uh, in my spare time, whenever that is. And they've just recently asked me to teach that class, fair housing. It's one of the interesting ones that I have to take as a continuing ed you know, a student also every two years, which I'm about to expire. I need to do that. But it's so it's changes so often. And, you know, I'm old enough or long enough in the business where, you know, I remember when fair housing didn't even exist. I mean, no one talked about it until some of the things that you just mentioned uh, became uh, apparent and it was necessary. But where do you where do you see that movement going? Well, there's already a bill that's been um, I think it's still sitting in committee in Albany where they are looking to increase the number of hours for continuing ed um, for New York State licensee from three to six. It's on the table right now, three to six hours. They are talking about the exact curriculum that would be part of that fair housing education. Um, They are they're having hearings, public hearings out in Long Island. There's. Every lawmaker that I know from the county level to the state level to, you know, regional is all wanting to be the first voice, you know, and part of it is, look, their job is to get reelected, right? Every politician's first job. But so, yes, that's very true. Yeah. (laughs) So they're, they're all wanting to stand up and be, you know, look how um, they're waving the banner for fair housing, which they all should have been all along anyway. But now it's, it's very, um, drag your feet and maybe we'll get there someday. Yeah. It's, it's politically, um, po- you know, positive right now to wave that flag. But I do think, you we're know, going my to grandmother see used to have an expression. Here's my ass. My, my head will follow, you know, so, you know, lead with your head and walk straight because otherwise you're going to be in trouble. Photography. We got a champ over here, Michael Weinstein for over 20 years, Michael and his MW studio has been providing high quality photographic services to the greater New York City metropolitan area from boutique lofts in Brooklyn to A-list celebrity penthouses, whoa, uh, on Park Avenue from private hospitals to new uh, real estate developments. We strive to highlight the uh, beauty and the integrity of the interior and architectural spaces of New York City. Every apartment is different. Every line is different. Every window is different. We pride ourselves, they pride themselves on providing the best quality photography, retouching, and customer service available. Whether you are an architect, interior designer, real estate broker, or a private seller, uh, they will work with you to capture your space exactly the way you desire. Michael, great to see you. Welcome to New- uh, Good Morning New York, and good morning. Thanks, Vincent. It's great to be here. 
So, you know, I have so many questions, I mean, with with regard to photography, because I remember when, you know, it was in its infancy stage when, you know, websites were just being created. You know, we didn't have floor plans. We didn't have photography. You know, you were looking at the little box ads in The New York Times and you used to use your imagination and and read the words that agents would write in these little box ads, usually two, maybe three lines cost us 200 bucks a box. But and you really never knew what that apartment looked like because you couldn't see. My question to you today is, you know, and I've worked with you and I know what you do, you're a genius, but tell us from your perspective, you know, how important it is to capture the right, you know, elements or characteristics in a room for the, for the benefit, A, first for the seller and to sell that listing and also Mm -hmm. B for the, for the agent who needs to now market what you, what you give them. You know, I'm, I'm just going to travel back 20 years when I first started. Oh, here we go. (laughs) And I'm just going to say that when I first started, it, it was the most difficult, difficult job as a photographer yeah. to go to a listing and bring a hundred pounds of equipment. And I remember to, those days. Yeah. And to light a room mm-hmm. and hide cords and do all the mm-hmm. things that are very easy now. Uh, and the whole thing back then, um, speaking of services, was the New York Times. The New York Times was it. And that was the deadline. You had to get it for the New York Times. Absolutely. And if we got one photo done for that apartment, that was going to represent that apartment. That was it. That's what people used to do. Yeah. So things have really changed dramatically. I mean, to that point, I remember when you used to show up, you used to schlep with the lights and the big cameras and the suitcase full of this and that. Now, basically, you're down to a little small digital whatever that pretty much does the, the trick. The quality is so much better than yeah. it even was in those days. Yes. And even even from you know, from a personal perspective, you went from cameras this size to cameras this size, and now everything is on our phones. Not that you're gonna photograph an apartment on a phone, mm-hmm. but you know, I also remember how, you know, the fastidious you used to be with, you know, the way the room looked before you would even attempt to photograph it. So talk a little bit about the decluttering aspect of forget the staging for a moment, but the mm-hmm. decluttering or the, 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 you know, the fluffing of, of stuff in a room before you actually start snapping it, because that does make a big deal, big difference. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's really interesting is, um, at this point I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of different brokers and every broker has a different way of approaching a listing. Absolutely. And so some brokers will take great pains to get the apartment ready for me. And then there are other brokers who don't lift a finger when I get to the property and I have no idea what I'm going to run into. So it really varies from broker to broker. Um, but I mean, I always feel my job is to represent the property as honestly as I can. Although I think there's a lot of people who think that um, photographers make the properties look way too big. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I've heard both sides of that, way too big, way too small. But what you do do, though, is capture the, the elements of a room that, you know, if it shows bigger, it shows bigger. But, I mean, you're, you're showing exactly what's there for people to see. Elise, you use Michael a lot. You are also very fastidious in your listings and your, your preparation for listings, as Michael just said, prior to – a photographer showing up or a floor plan guy. So tell us a little bit about what you see in the the absolute necessity of this kind of stuff. So Michael and I collaborate for years and years. He's actually the only photographer I work with as well as his team. And he likes as, as well as I do a clean look. So before he gets there, I try to clean surfaces and create an environment where he doesn't have to walk in and we're like literally taking everything out of a bathroom. But he also, he has an amazing um, skill to find the right light 
and and design. And to me, photography is everything. I mean, that's how you get the buyers in. They look at the pictures now. They barely even read. So with great photos that are representative of the, of the unit, you know, it's 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 how my business works. And working with him is just an incredible pleasure because he also collaborates. So he takes the broker's ideas and doesn't just, you know, there are many other photographers who come in, they have an idea, they don't want to hear from you. I love to collaborate with him. Jordan Shea, so from your perspective, um, when, you, when you're taking a listing, you're going to talk to a, a seller about a listing, how important for you in presenting that listing ultimately is decluttering or staging and getting it in good shape before? Obvi the obvious answer is yes, you want to make it look good, but, but how do you go through those gyrations to get it to where you need it to be? Uh, those gyrations. Um, I think that gyrations, yes. when it comes to doing like an ideal shoot, uh, to Michael's point and, and to your point as well, is that, uh, it is a collaborative effort and that involves for me, usually every shoot is, you know, two hours minimum, two hours for a one bed, which I know sounds ridiculous because frankly, you could probably shoot that in five frames and get done and out of there in 25 minutes if you're lazy. But I think that your job is to uh, profile the apartment as best as possible and remove all obstructions for people to enjoy it and see it for what it is. So I don't like uh, – I will rearrange some things. But my rule of thumb is that every horizontal surface should be as clean and clear as possible that certain things just should not be seen. No one cares about your remote or your magazine or your stack of bills or that laptop computer that you've had for 30 years. Uh, they just want to look at the apartment. And it's very important to walk through the apartment for a great period of time before you snap a single frame. Michael, My how much, I'm sorry, hold on a second. How much pushback do you get from sellers? Because sometimes sellers are on board when you are when you bring your photographer in. Sometimes they're not, but sometimes they insist upon being there. How much pushback do you get from a seller saying, look, don't do this, don't do that, don't move that, I want this over here, don't raise the blinds, et cetera? Yeah. We've Gen all seen it, we've all heard it. Generally, uh, sellers are, are much better than tenants, as you can imagine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but in terms of, I mean, it should be collaborative. I have no problem having a seller walk over if it's going to calm them down and, um, you know, make them feel better and look through the frame and just say, I'm doing this because of this, this, this. And then I know on the back end, the, the broker is going to feel very relieved that they don't have to worry about what their seller is right. going to feel. Right. Elise, you were going to say something. Michael, <clears throat> to Jordan's point, Michael spends as much time on a studio as he may on a multi-million dollar apartment. He literally takes the time to get the right angles, the right look. And he also is, his you know organization does staging, virtual staging. So we can look at something that's empty and together come up with an idea of what we're going to put there. Where's the furniture going to go? How are we going to make this look the best for the consumer? Leah, in, in, in Westchester, uh, you know, you work, you're, you're managing agents, you're running a company. So, I mean, how important for them is it to capture, you know, in a house shoot, it's probably a lot more involved in detail than it is in an apartment in New York. Uh, you know what? It, you would think so, but I don't think it really is because rooms are rooms, right? Right. And everything they've just said is exactly spot on. Get all the stuff out of the way. No one wants to lose their concentration by looking at all the knickknacks and right. stuff 
in the room. But, you know, I, while I was sitting here, I was just thinking if I put on a piece of my social media, photos of a property and in the in the copy wrote blah, 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 social experiment. Did you even read this? Right. Give me a call. Right. I wonder if my phone would ring. And it, it would not. I'll answer the exactly. Question. So we all and I think agents belabor, you know, all the, the nuances of all the words that they're saying about it. And they should. And they should, but you can't match, you know, belabored words and crappy photography because right. you're just really losing your audience then. The photography brings everything in that Michael talked about. All right. We got to come back after the break. Uh, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're coming back. Segment four. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back with Jordan Shea, Elise Ehrlich, Phil Horrigan, Richard Haggerty, Leah Caro, and Michael Weinstein. Leah, quick question for you um, as far as the Westchester marketplace is concerned. We just talked at length about photography. Why don't you guys use floor plans in your marketing and on your websites like we do here in New York oh, City? Oh, we do. Well, we do. 
we get a floor plan for with every property, whether it's a studio apartment or a really? 7,000 square foot house. Absolutely. Because people want to see a floor plan almost as much as they want to see photography. Absolutely. And they want to be able to measure the rooms and place their furniture. You know, there's a thousand little video games apps where you can place furniture in a room. We want them to do that on our listings. Because I was looking with, uh, for housing for, with my sister for a good part of the last year or so. And, you know, there is like not one floor plan available and I call the agents and like, oh, you work in New York City, right? Uh, yeah. I need oh, to see if you what know, it looks like. ParkSterlingRealty.com, just for a <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug. I'm um, going to cheer. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's great news. Michael, you had a question. I, I just wanted to ask Leigh about drones, how often you use drones. We use them on almost every listing. Um, if it's a house, obviously, yes. If it's an wow. apartment, not too much. Just about every listing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, for all of us in the room, agents are often confused about what to focus on or how to earn their desired level of income. Okay, we all, if we are smart in the beginning of the year, we've, we put a business plan together and we say, we're gonna, we did X last year, maybe it was a good year, maybe it was a bad year, but this year we want to do Y. Okay, um, their default focus is on closings. While this seems to make sense, it's actually not the right place to focus. It clouds your vision because you measure results after they have happened. Okay, good point. To achieve your desired results, you need to gain clarity by focusing not on the results themselves, but instead on the activities required to produce those results. So asking the agents here in the room, you know, things like lead flow, lead management, face-to-face -face appointments. How do you approach your day, your week, your month, your quarter, your new year as far as goals are concerned? Because if you're just looking at, I need 10 closings this year, okay, well, that's great. I'd say I want 25 closings this year. How the hell do you get there? Well, I think for me it started uh, with – it's actually a little bit different than what you're describing. It was a target uh, GCI. And then it was breaking down right. all the GCI by uh, like hot leads, warm leads, cold leads basically and potential for income and confidence I'll assign every particular deal or client or whatever a confidence rating, and that's the percentage. It'll be 25, 50, 75, or 100%. 100% is being an actually closed transaction. And based on that confidence rating, that's how the dollar value I'll assign to it. So if it's $1 million at uh, 3%, because, of course, I'm co-broke, because we love co-broke. Love uh, you, co-brokers. That's our motto here. Then that confidence rating of 25% would give me 7500 bucks. And so I'll do that and then really track where I am throughout the year um, and do it sort of at a global level, not necessarily such a micromanage like I need 25 deals. I don't care about the number of deals. I care about the overall value. Got it. I, uh, I started in 2004 doing only rentals for the first few years. And probably the biggest aha moment for me was when because rentals is crazy. The rental business is insane, especially in New York City. But the aha moment for me was when I started focusing on taking people out. How many people am I taking out per month? And it used to be I was get so stressed about are they gonna are they gonna sign? Are they not gonna sign? Are they gonna sign a lease or not? Am I gonna get a commission? And all of a sudden, once I said, wait a minute, it seems like for every ten people I take out, I close one person. So let me just focus on the number of people I take out. And just by doing that, it made even me enjoy the business so much more. Cause now all I'm doing is focusing on taking people out and I know the numbers will follow. And sure enough, they did. And then that 10% became 15% and 20% because my closing ratio started to go up. But I, I could not agree with you more Vince on just focus on the activity. It's also, it just helps distress you so much and you just enjoy going out with people. 
you know, and the numbers will come. It's a little harder for me to focus on GCI. I felt in general, I understand your expected value concept. I actually like that a lot. I learned that in engineering and I think it does work, but because with real estate, it's hard to know the the transaction size. Like uh, you'd start out with someone and you know, you mentioned co-brokes, right? You start out with someone and you, they might be a direct deal, but then all of a sudden it's a co-broke. Well, your commission just went in half, you know, or they, their budget started out really low and then went really high. But to me, I would just focus on the activity. Like you said, Vince. What about face-to-face appointments? I mean, a lot of people like to hide behind their devices. They like to text. They like to email. They like to maybe make a phone call when it's absolutely necessary. And I see people struggling sometimes with this. And I say to myself, but you're an agent, for heaven's sakes. No, how could you do that? There is inherent value in face-to-face. Okay, so how do you accomplish that by way of goals again every day every week every month i mean you know two two face to face appointments a week not a bad start right when you're talking to people it makes a difference i think it makes more of a difference uh because you know uh it's 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 common sense you know you put a face to a name uh and you're able to have a a conversation we i know everybody out there is busy especially in new york city everybody is busy can't talk to me till four o'clock in the afternoon can't talk to me until you know whatever but how often do you guys do facetime I, I do mostly to FaceTime. I try to take people out to lunch almost every day. I do, do a couple events in the evening. But for me, my relationships are a really one-on-one. I build them through various sources, the building I live in, open houses. And I'm, I'm really always trying to have a one-on-one with people so that the relationship begins. It can make it strong. It expands out of real estate. And for me, that's how it's been working. Well, I was going to say, you know, when lead generation face-to-face or FaceTime meeting people, great at open houses, and you're a master at that. Richard? Vince, I've got a question for you because I think what happens in the city is there's a much larger degree of independence on the part of the agents. They decide what their operating plan is going to be for the year. Leah, I would think it's a fair assumption that you meet with all of your agents multiple times a year, and you view yourself as basically – saying, okay, what are you going to be doing to achieve your goals? Give right. me give me the step-by-step plan where I think in the city, the agents really have to take control of their own destiny is the sense I get. On some level, they do, yes. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. We have to really create our own businesses. We're independent contractors. And I think for, for us at Halston, I mean, we really make up our own business plans. We have people to go to and sources to work with, but to it's really- To coach us and help us and guide us, yes. I love that. I, I wish, I mean, I, my, Richard's not wrong. You know, I tell all my new agents, especially you, you just became the CEO of your own business. Right. That being said, I'm also, you know, full-time life coach and part-time pain in the ass because yeah. I'm trying to make them get, write down those goals and come up with their plan, whether it's yours or yours or yours. There's well, no bad plan. Very true. <laughs> Absolutely. There is no bad plan. You just, just have, have to, to actually have, have one and then you actually have to do it. Hey Vince, uh, one thing that helped me a lot too is that at the end of the year, I would look to see where the business came from. Yeah. And because often, you know, if someone asks you, oh, how much, what percent of your business is referrals, I would say, oh, it's probably like 50% referrals, 20%. But when you actually sit down, I remember being like, oh, wow, I got 50% of my buyers from open houses, you know, or 20. And then you kind of go, oh, I only got 10% from referrals. I got to really work on that. You know, know? it really helps. it, It does really help. And it's interesting because a lot of agents, I think, don't connect the dots that, you know, when you're working in open house and, you know, there are some come with, with co-brokers and like I said, we love our co-brokers, but some come directly and you have to learn how to, and again, this is step one of face to face, but you have to learn how to navigate through those directs that are coming through, establish some kind of rapport with them, establish some kind of relationship with them because you can get, and oftentimes you will get 
lots of business from these people who claim they want to be on their own, but they really don't. They would would love for the guidance, you know, from uh, people out there. And again, a lot of people walk away from that, and it's really unfortunate. But unfortunately for us, that's our broadcast for today. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram at Vince Rocco. We are back next week because if it is Tuesday morning, it is Good Morning New York Real Estate. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Even you, Jordan. Be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, thanks for joining us. And we will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.